0: In this episode, I'm speaking with Maria Stewart, childhood expert. We talk about the root cause of behavior patterns and how they influence our belief systems, which have been passed down to us from our parents, which we inherit and which we bestow upon our children if we're not awake to the messaging behind those core beliefs. Maria is a renowned paediatrician and family therapist based in Germany. She specializes in examining the root causes of childhood behavior patterns. She has herself experienced the up and downs of raising three children of her own. And as a doctor for Germany's education system, she has advised more than 20,000 parents on childhood behavior issues. And her mission today is to help people around the world realize their own childhood experiences, influences, habits, expectations and belief systems. This is an amazing chat. I've been really excited to speak to Maria about this because I truly believe that looking at your childhood has all of the answers or a lot of the answers that we have been looking that we have been searching for and looking at the way in which we grew up. Because Maria is a specialist in this, um, I really value this time that I have shared with her and I really hope that you do. So relax or grab a pen and paper if you feel called to and enjoy.
1: What do you think the root cause of childhood behaviour patterns are and how can we resolve them? (laughs) This is a big question, right? Um,
2: The root cause is... um, that we grow up in a family system where we, we have the need to get the most attention from our environment, from our parents mm-hmm. as we can get. And, uh, so we would do everything to get the most attention. And in every family, this is another system. You know, one family, uh, kids are most loved when they uh, are, um, Excited and um, talking about of a, a lot of things. In another family, maybe uh, kids are mm. most loved when they are quiet and silent. And mm. you know, and it depends on how parents and the environment uh, reacts to the behavior, the diff- different behaviors kids mm. show. Mm. And when they see they get a lot of attention, they will repeat this behavior because mm. this was the best outcome. And some families, uh, kids get the most attention when they are a little bit sick, you know, mm, yeah. and then they repeat this
3: mm-hmm. or
2: if they ask a lot of questions and then uh, maybe the father is proud because he thinks his boy is a smart one. And then, uh, the boy keeps asking and, mm-hmm. uh, because this is the way how he can get the attention from his father. Mm-hmm. So, um. There is the root cause about our behavior because when we learn with this behavior, I get the most attention, the most feeling of being loved and mm-hmm. seen and heard, mm-hmm. then uh, why shouldn't I repeat it?
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: we we continue this system uh, our whole life. You know, then you can look at in, in uh, the waiting area of a doctor's office. There are all the people who are a little bit sick and like mm-hmm. to talk about this and they get attention with this behavior
3: yeah
2: and and this is the same in in relationships and uh, everywhere i'm repeating this i would call it winning system from childhood
1: mm-hmm. so it also refl- reflects on our relationships with um, partners as well as to so remove move from the relationship from our parents to displaying it would you say later on with our friendships and then our partners or how would you say that translates into life
2: yeah this is uh, the same thing because we mix up the feeling of love and feeling familiar And mm. you know, when I meet a person and I feel familiar like being home coming home Mm-hmm. Then you can be sure this is the family pattern. Mm-hmm.
3: The partner
2: would fit in in your family system, right. and uh, you. I don't know if you are really able to to love someone without expectation, without getting the love back. You know there is this quote from a, a person I I forgot his name is, I. I love you because I need you. Or I need you because I love you. So this is the big difference. And we are all uh, people who need something.
3: Mm.
2: And we need attention and love because nobody has got enough of this stuff in childhood. Mm. So this is why we are on this big search for this unconditional love that we never got in childhood. And nobody you know I, I I would say we are in paradise if we would get the love we need in the first three to six years of our life
1: mm. That's interesting because when you say that, I think about God or spirit or um you know the all the one, and in in those kinds of philosophies, spirit is the is the only thing that can bring pure unconditional love in a way, and that um, like you said, it's, it's not really possible to get it from a physical human being. It comes from spirit. Do you think that is, um, also the root of it? Maybe in our culture, in the Western culture and society, the way that we interpret spirit or the way a lot of popular religions interpret spirit, the teachings that we have, we've missed the point of, of that element of the God spirit element. And that's where we sh- we could potentially be getting this unconditional love do you understand what i mean i
2: understand uh, there are two things i am a little bit skeptical if we
1: need teachers
2: to teach us unconditional love
3: hmm.
2: you know and everybody should have his own connection to the spirit hmm. and i do not know if we are able to feel this unconditional love from spirit because we haven't got this from other spirits in human bodies, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. for me, it's something like a layer around our spirit being, uh, that we get from our childhood and about judgmental education. And so it's hard work to get this layer away from, from mm-hmm. your spirit and Uh, to get the feeling because there is a lot of misunderstanding when you see all these religious, uh, um, I don't know, there are so many things uh, where people are telling other people how they can get uh, this unconditional love and and then how you can get is already conditional. You know, you have to follow the rules of this group and a lot of uh, weak people are together in religious structures and groups because there is someone who thinks he knows better than the others uh, what they should do to feel this unconditional love. And this Mm. is uh, a a wrong assumption at the beginning. Mm. I do not need someone to tell me what do I have to do to feel unconditional love. It's only, I think it's a journey. Maybe people when they are older, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. they get more about this feeling and, uh, the more you are able to, to, um, self-love is also such a, a, a term that everybody uses, but, uh, maybe exception that you are a human being with, um, a lot of, uh, skills, mm-hmm.
1: and that's it. Mm. And a lot of conditioning as well. It's it's quite challenging to... Self-love also is like a popular word now and it can be misinterpreted. But I think it's really um, monumental to understand your childhood because there's parts of you that... Um, uh, it's like an excuse to... You love yourself. Yes, it's great to love yourself in any direction that you can, but also the parts about you that have been programmed into you. That is the reason why um, we're practicing more of the self-love, because we have an awareness that there are things present within our lives that aren't serving us. And that's also part of the self-love movement is finding out what doesn't serve us and releasing them like finding out what our childhood patterns are and releasing yeah. them is a kind of self-love and, and coming this, back this, to
3: self.
2: This is already a trap, you know, when you uh, get the most attention by being ill, so why should you stop this? Yeah. And this, uh, this is a dead end. Mm. And uh, even if you know this doesn't uh, serve me, yeah. So, where did you get your attention from? Uh, if you stop
3: getting yeah.
1: it from there, yeah, it's terrifying. If you think about it, like shit, where do I get the love from then? If I stop, you know, yeah. help helping people or bending over backwards or being sick or whatever it is, then then what do I do? Yeah. So, what would what would be the, the the solution for that then? What would that person that person do if they identify that um, I get I get attention? Um, When I have sickness, let's say that person recognizes that. What would be the next step then?
2: Yeah, to see the the pattern, to see from where those assumptions come or those beliefs. And then the first step uh, when you uh, have the awareness about the root cause, then this is the first step where it stops working. You know, then you don't feel... In the same way as before, without awareness. Mm-hmm. So this is the first step. It doesn't uh, s- uh, s- uh, serve you any longer, and then you have to respect and to accept that then there is a big uh, lack. It's you don't know what to do. There is you. You have to give you yourself the time that you don't know how to get the attention and that this doesn't make you unworthy that you don't get the attention because of your old beliefs. But it needs time, you know, maybe 30 years you did this uh uh system, working with the system to get your attention and when you stop it because you get the awareness about it, it doesn't make and now I love myself. Yeah, it doesn't
1: just Yeah
2: it needs a lot of uh, um learning developing mm. and um it's it's like with the onion layers you know when you get one away there's the next and the next it's it's a long life journey mm. to get more and more rid of these old not serving behaviors mm. or beliefs and um when when you uh how how uh, but when you start, then uh, maybe you can stop going to the doctor, in our example.
3: Mm. and
2: then, But you still feel very often not uh, well. You feel sick, but you don't go to the doctor any longer, maybe. Mm. And then after a while, maybe um, you can start and um, don't take all the medicine you took and try to reduce this. So this is step by step by step.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then uh, the experience of not getting lost when you change your belief, this is also a step in the direction that you can accept you, yourself as a human being more.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. It's, it's not working like this because you did this about three to six years without consciousness every day. Every day you were told the same stuff
3: mm. and
2: the repetition so this is why a lot of gurus work with repetition mm. to override the old things
3: mm.
2: but with you know there is a, a big difference the- di- the repetition from childhood is connected to emotions
3: right
2: yeah, and the repetition uh from the guru isn't connected with emotions mm. and because uh because of your belief system you are meeting people who are acting who are reacting to you like your parents
1: Mm.
2: so this is
1: (laughs) yeah how can we get out of this trap so let's trap but let's say like i'm i'm going to to university or i'm going out in the world i'm making friends right we start from the friend's Basis after childhood, and you're making connections with your friends, or in in uh, later adult years when you connect with people that you like, should we be questioning questioning ourselves as to why am I attracted to this type of person? What is what do they? What do we have in common? What does this say about me? What does this say about um, my patterning? Do you think it's healthy to kind of check in in this way with the people that are surrounding us that we choose to be around? So I would say then you'd, you then
2: you stop uh, living uh, intuitional. Mm-hmm. Then you stop living when you always ask yourself, what do I have to learn? Why do I attract this person? We need to, to live. Mm-hmm. And so I only would go after something if there is a repetition
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, you will be able to see a repetition that doesn't serve you.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: when you find out maybe, you know, like, my brother, he is in his third marriage, and every 10 years, he meets another woman and he says, this is the love of my life, yeah. and after the third repetition, he should think that there is something wrong in his emotions or in his assumptions, yes. yeah. and then I can start and say, why I'm not able to stay with one person? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to change my, my uh, marriage every 10 years? Yes. so or if you are struggling with maybe with um, uh, examinations uh, in university uh, you are not able to finish uh, uh, your study or your education mm-hmm. or uh, you are always meeting uh, people that have a little alcohol problem or you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Uh, you will find repetitions yeah and those repetitions. Uh, uh, I only would go after them because I want I want to live, not only to reflect and ask myself. Yeah. Then uh, it does uh, it. Uh, the joy will go away. Yeah. yeah. So I need to to see patterns and repetitions, and then I would go after them.
1: Right. So the patterns and repetitions that are negative or don't serve us, then we start to look to zoom in and and uh, have a look. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do um, agree? yeah yeah i agree i agree definitely um i think yeah it would take the the kind of joy away from life if you were constantly asking yourself it's just that's also maybe um a kind of pattern is when you're not confident in, in what you're doing but, yeah this um,
2: sorry oh yeah go on. The, this is the the part where we try to control our lives mm. and this is another big thing. we are not able to control our lives and uh but we want to and so those people who have a strong and disciplined day routine, morning routine, and all the stuff uh they need to control their emotions mm. because uh we are afraid about losing. Emotional control, because mm. this is the point where we are vulnerable. Uh, our vulnerability is big and uh, coming. So this is, um, yeah, we we weren't um, supported or protected from our parents mm-hmm. when we were vulnerable. Mm. So um, then, the controlling of our emotions is uh, the next big part mm. uh, that we start trusting and having faith. Mm. But when you, when you are, when you have pattern that, yeah, pattern has something to do with control, you know? If I, it's, it's something like manipulating, you know, the child, is subconsciously manipulating the parents. Yes, for sure. To get the attention.
1: Yeah, I and see.
2: manipulation is control. Mm. So they are not uh, coming in the danger that they could be hurted from them.
3: Mm.
2: So you know, if a child experience when I'm crying, uh, my parents are really mad with me. They wouldn't continue with this, Mm -hmm. then we have those people who are not able to uh, um, talk about a conflict in adulthood Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're always afraid about someone is shouting at me, doesn't Mm -hmm. like me when I talk about my opinion, if Mm -hmm. I think about myself. And so they control their life in this area. I will never Mm -hmm. um, take the risk to talk about my own opinion.
1: Mm -hmm. It's funny how um, children how we make those decisions from those events and you know the rationale is is not there and we really have to protect children because we make these decisions like you said if if um, like for me in my childhood I wasn't able to um, voice my opinion I was I was a child I didn't know better and and my parents were the same my grandparents were the same to my parents so it's a family kind of idea about how children should be they should be quiet and you know not overpowering and that from that maybe one incident where I said something I got shouted back at and said and uh, told to be quiet that I learned I learned something in that one session and continued on with that isn't that amazing how why is it why is it like this why how comes children um how how do we carry on those ideas like why do you do you know anything about the brain why why it makes those kind of instant connections or is it a repetitive thing would you say it's not just from one one incident it's from multiple incidents where we we create that pattern so it happened more than once that my parents shut me down so i became shut down or would you say it's just a one-time event and then we learn no no this is the repetition but okay. we don't remember
2: all the repetitions, right? Uh, and it's the mood in the family about this, uh, talking about your own opinion. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I do not like to go into brain, brain things, okay? Because you know, then, then it starts that people say, "Oh, I don't understand something about this," and we can talk about hormones and all this stuff. But then it's uh, it's going in a direction where people say, oh, I cannot follow those things. And for me, it's more important to break the things down to earth that mm-hmm. everybody is able to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. And it's easy. You would never go in a situation where you are hurted. Why should you do this? There are things from our evolution. So, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Our Our mother is the one who should protect us, and this is uh why little babies cry when the mother isn't there because mm. they know now now the lion can come and and eat me, you know mm. and so this is uh a thing that is in our uh reflections or uh but i I wouldn't like to uh go into brain structures and how this works because. It's easy to understand. It's logical. And um, I would stay with with, uh, the emotion and the logic to talk about
1: this. Yeah, okay. So how do you think we can hold space for children to express their feelings? Yeah, the
2: first thing is we have to uh, allow us by ourselves all the different feelings without judging. You know, I can see this with my uh, granddaughter. She's now one and a half. And... um, um, I, I talked with my son and my uh, daughter-in-law, and uh, I told them that it's important for her to know the different feelings she has.
3: Mm.
2: And when she hears something that she doesn't know, she she says, I'm afraid. And they say, yeah, okay. You don't know that this is a plane at the sky,
3: mm. the, the, uh,
2: the, noise. The, the noise you are hearing. And then it's done. Nobody says, oh, don't feel afraid. Yeah, yeah. No. It's fine.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just, yeah, normal. And, yeah. and uh, so she learns only, she has parents who are telling her the names of her feelings. Okay. But to be in this position, you need to accept, for example, anxiety. Mm-hmm. If you think anxiety is a bad feeling, you would talk this feeling away from your kid. Mm-hmm. No, you do not need to be afraid. This is mm. only a plane, mm. right? And then you are telling your kid, anxiety is a bad feeling. Mm. Don't feel it, mm. right? So, and and, and uh, it's the same situation. One situation you are telling the people, yeah, you don't know this noise, and I understand you are afraid. Mm. Or you say, don't be afraid. It's only playing at the sky.
1: You do not need to be afraid. Yeah. Then you are telling the kid, don't feel anxiety. Mm. And right? their experience doesn't matter because they're new to this. They don't know what it is. So of course, they're going to be afraid. If if you or I were to walk into a dark room and we don't know what's inside, we're going to be afraid. And someone's saying, hey, don't be afraid. It's just like, well.
2: <laughs> yeah, and this is, this is where the confusion starts. You know, confusion is when kids feel something. And parents are telling them, no. Mm. You know, I I did the same thing with my daughter. She she felt something and I said, no, uh, it's this way or this way. Mm. And then now she's 25 and uh, sometimes she calls me and says, do you remember this situation? I felt this way and this was really bad that you told me this feeling isn't appropriate. And then today I'm telling her, yes, you're right. i was wrong i didn't knew knew better at this time that your feeling was okay and then she's done she's fine she said oh thank you yeah (laughs) because now she knows that uh i was the reason for her confusion Mm -hmm. because her feelings and my explanation Mm -hmm. didn't uh uh, fit together and um so this confusion um yeah, you will take with you for your whole life if Mm -hmm. you are not able to clarify from where this conclusion comes.
1: It must be, I'm not a parent myself, but I can see it must be challenging for parents because there is such a big age gap and because we're having basically quite a full life before the child arrives on the scene, we've seen a lot of things already and they're very new. So we want to help them to understand that it's not a big deal, but we also need to to relate to them to know that they don't know this it's new for them so it's not easy to write an s it's not easy to um to to read a book or or something like that we have to have a lot of time and a lot of patience and a lot of understanding it's like they're constantly learning new skills so it doesn't matter if your child is five or if you have a 55 year old child like we have to um Tend to them and understand that we're different generations and we've had a different lifespan, and to be respectful of that. They don't know everything, and the parents don't know anything, and it's it's a it's a beautiful uh, relationship there. What do you say?
2: Yeah, the problem is that uh, we try to protect our kids from things that we experienced. Mm. You know, if I maybe had problems in in school, I don't want my kids to have problems in school. Mm. And then I'm I'm doing things that that haven't solved me as a kid, and try uh, to put this on on uh, on the kid's shoulders. But this doesn't work because we need to be free from our experiences, and we do not need to support or to protect our kids from things we experience because it doesn't mean that they will have the same. Yeah. And, and we have to um, accept that our experience made us to the person we are nowadays Mm -hmm. and that it's good to make experiences. Mm -hmm. You only need to be there. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I had this situation years ago with my daughter. She came from school and she was really, made about her girlfriend and she was oh she she is and she is you know and she was really excited and and then you know i the first thing i got a big feeling when i heard her about her struggle with her girlfriend and then when you get this big feeling that blows you out of your shoes then you know <laughs> this is your childhood yeah you know. okay the, the first uh, sign Mm-hmm. And then you you have to stop because you would uh, re- react to her at the age from where your feeling is activated. Mm-hmm. Or triggered. You know, okay. I was maybe eight when I had another maybe a similar struggle with my girlfriend. So now I would go on this emotional level from my memory. Yeah. And would tell her how I would handle the situation at that age, but it didn't solve me. So right. I need to stop. I need to make a reality check and ask my kids. So how is, how do you think, uh, uh, how is it going with your girlfriend?
3: Mm. You
2: know, just ask. And then she said, oh, we are, we will go and play together in an hour. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah,
1: so quick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, there was, uh, this was her solution. It would never been my solution.
3: Mm.
2: But if I wouldn't have stopped at this moment when I feel this big emotion, I would, uh, put her in a direction that isn't her direction and would only be my direction that mm. I expect her to be, uh, mad with her for a week minimum. Mm. Right. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, a big sign is when you feel emotions that put you back in your childhood because they are so big this means stop stop right. here take a deep breath and uh, make a reality check see how her reality is at this moment and not put your old reality over her so this is a, a, a example how you need to be when you
1: want your kids to um, grow in their way? Mm. So uh, it kind of ties into the next question I was going to ask you. So the way that we can find out our childhood patterns in our adult life is um, when we experience big, big emotions or react in a huge way towards certain people or situations. Would you say that's right? Yeah. 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 And then the way that the parents would would respond to this, if it was their child coming to them with um, something that had happened to them, is that we just ask them about what happened and not play, not not give our opinion or play a part in in their situation, but just hold space for them and and allow them to come up with with their own feelings and their own um, resolutions.
2: Yeah, we need to stop to judge about feelings, good feelings, bad feelings, good babies, bad babies, because who is telling us what is good and bad? Mm-hmm. It's just there. We have uh, a lot of feelings in our life and um, it's not uh, appropriate to judge about feelings.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, it's
2: its at the beginning, a lot of uh, moms, when they meet each other with these little babies, the first question is, how many hours does your baby sleep? Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> because the best baby is a baby that sleeps eight hours a night. You know. Yeah, yeah. And then mm. uh, they don't like babies. They think, oh, I'm doing something wrong because my baby isn't sleeping, mm. uh, and they do not do a reality check. This is the next thing. So when when someone says some uh, one mother says my child is sleeping the whole night, right? Then you think maybe oh from eight to seven eight in the evening to seven in the morning great, and and if you ask this mom oh then she says oh at twelve at midnight when I go to bed she is uh, uh, uh the baby is awake and then sleeps until six when my husband is going to work yeah. so <laughs> they are not eleven only six hours but for this family it means the whole night yeah and then. Uh, there are a lot of situations where we don't do the reality check Mm -hmm. and you just assume and then think, and then you think, Oh, I, this is Mm -hmm. the next judgment. I'm a bad mom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I'm not doing the things right because Mm -hmm. my baby isn't like the ideal baby Mm -hmm. should be. So I must be a a bad mom Mm -hmm. and all everywhere. We are judging Mm -hmm. the babies, ourselves,
1: how can parents stay away? I know when I say parents, of course, everyone that's listening, maybe they're not a parent. So the way that I see it, I'm not a parent, but I can relate to this because I'm somebody's child. And I have parents, so I can relate to it in both ways. I just want to make everyone clear of that. But how can we deviate from good and bad baby then? What, what are we, as parents or as, as people in general, how, how can we move away from that? And, and not feel bad or guilty about our feelings because you're right. When, when people are having children and that are different and that aren't responding to them in this good way or not sleeping or misbehaving or they didn't walk, they're not walking yet and this kind of stuff. Um, is that a pattern within the parent? Um, or, or is it just how, how can we resolve those type? of Of thinking about this good and bad, especially with kids, because you want the best for your kids so how how to go yeah it it's
2: it's the same you know when you feel as a parent you are in a repetition mm. and you have the same problem and it doesn't go away it, nothing helps, nothing works mm. uh then you know that that you have to go to the source again mm. and uh, mostly it's uh yeah, uh, you, you have to um reflect about this. So who is telling me that this is a bad behavior? Mm. Who? Is this my mom? Mm. Is this the neighbor? Is this the aunt? Is you know, who is telling me that this is wrong? Mm. You know, I, I did the same. I was um I, I like to watch T V in, in the evening when I had little kids. I put my son to bed maybe at seven. And at that time, it's a long time ago, there were only TV program, you know, until 9.45. And then it was...
3: Bing.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and uh, and I wanted to to see one movie in the evening from 8.15 to 9.45. And he always, at 9.30, he started crying, right? And I never could see the end of my movies. And I get really... Uh, Made with him I was so angry every every evening a little bit more and because someone told me if you take a baby out of bed in the evening from the dark room in the brightness in 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 the light Mm -hmm. then the baby will never sleep again you know this is the worst thing you can do night is night and don't do anything, and then after a while, I was thinking about it because the problem didn't go away. And then I took my boy at nine thirty when he started crying out of his bed, took him to the TV, and uh, I hold him.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: you know, at nine forty five he was sleeping. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We had no problem. I yeah. was relaxed because I could see the end of the movie. <laughs> he was <laughs> relaxed because he wasn't afraid in a dark room. And then when the movie was at the end, I took him and put him in bed and everything was done. It was only someone told me. Mm -hmm. And when you come in the situation where you feel that you are getting more and more angry, you need Mm -hmm. to reflect about this and and see from where it comes. It's the same, you know, in partnerships, because you are talking about if you are not a parent. When I assume if uh, a a male, a, a man would love me, he would bring me flowers every evening. Maybe mm. someone told me this. Yeah. And then he doesn't. Then I think, oh, he doesn't love me enough because there are no flowers.
3: Mm.
2: You know, this is an assumption from somewhere, from someone. Mm. And we need to do this reality check. Who is telling me that mm. males are expressing their love through flowers? Yeah, Disney. And then I have to make a reality check and ask him so. I I thought flowers would be the best thing, and he's mm-hmm. what? So, yeah. and you need to talk about your assumptions,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you need to talk, and and those the most assumptions come from childhood,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and because you uh, observe how your parents act and how they uh, uh, created their relationship,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: then you have to normally in the teenagers years you should uh, compare the relationship from your parents with other relationships and see I would like this from this relationship and I like this in this relationship and you put your reality together mm. but most of us are not doing this we just take uh, the things from childhood and put them in adulthood
1: yeah. not
2: uh not doing the the not perfect.
1: sorting not going through
2: yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah what works yeah. what doesn't work Kind of thing. yeah 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 and what we would like to have in a relationship, and what's important and what's not so important, mm-hmm. and then you need to talk about the relationship doesn't like w- work because we are in so different realities as persons, realities depending on our title that we need to talk about it
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then it's uh it's it's a work to have a good relationship
1: mm-hmm. yeah for sure, so after you would um, detect the, the expectation, what your expectation is. Like, for example, it was uh, somebody told you that you need to keep your, be- your kid in the bed all night. Um, then is it a case of just using your intuition? You see where it came from and asking yourself how you feel about it. Do you feel the truth in this? Or is that the next step? So you identify it. And then you ask yourself uh, intuitively, do I feel that this is for me or not for me?
2: Yeah, I try it. Uh, try and error. Mm -hmm. I try it. If if I had another outcome that he wouldn't sleep the whole night, I would uh, look for another solution Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and just try it Mm -hmm. and see how you feel. And then, uh, Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So I've got a quote here from Aristotle. So he says, give me a child until he was seven and I will show you the man. What are your beliefs about this comment and what does it mean for you? Yeah, the same
2: we are talking about the last uh, 30 minutes is that our family pattern will be repeated from us our whole life. Mm-hmm. And and those patterns, those belief systems uh, start uh, or are developed from the uh, uh, zero to six or seven, mm-hmm. and then it's done. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- there is a short period during teenager years. There it might change a little bit, but most of of uh, how we think the world is um, doing, how the world uh, yeah. Okay, is functioning. This is uh our belief, and we start to confirm this belief to us. So when I think, um, maybe uh, bicycles are better than cars, or something like this. then I will find every argument that this belief is right. And uh, so the the rest of the life I'm confirming my assumptions and my belief system from childhood, nothing else. I just put me in situations where I can say, yes, this is how my parents told me the world is functioning Mm -hmm. and I found out they are right. Because when I, and this is why I'm so... um, uh, in this is because if i would say no my parents weren't right mm. this would be a big big deal yeah we are not allowed to to question our parents and maybe think they told me things that aren't right
3: mm.
2: and um this is the biggest thing in our development that the thing that is holding us back is that we need to be loyal to our parents, and that we that this is our biggest invisible promise to our parents, I believe you, you were right. Mm. This is our big invisible or mm. hidden promise.
3: Mm.
2: And when maybe uh, uh I learned from my mother, for example, male are violent, mm. and I will only meet violent men to confirm the assumption from my mom. Mm -hmm. If I would show her that there are uh, gentle and kind men in the world that love women and are not violent against them, then I have two problems. One is I would say, mom, you were lying to me. Mm -hmm. You are not right. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to do this. And the second thing is I would hurt her. Mm because when i would show her how i'm able to live a life different from hers she would see how her life could mm. have could
3: be oh my god yeah
2: you know and this mm. isn't uh this would hurt her yeah so this is uh the trap we are in as adults we do not want to hurt our parents we want to believe them mm. and to change your assumptions your belief system means i have to break with those two promises
3: Mm.
1: wow that's so interesting oh my gosh so how oh my gosh wow so how (laughs) (laughs) it's so true wow i just saw myself in in everything that you just said so how do we um how do we move forward from that then in in our adult lives, how can we, I can see the the hurt that it would cause to my, my parents growing up because you want to please your, like you said, the kids, we just want to please our parents. We want to see the, um, the be the loving beamy eyes, everything that we we are doing to them is is a, a performance for the parents so that they can love us more. So, Whatever they are telling you, we have to go along with it, because if we go against it, that closes off the love connection.
2: So no, the- you do not have to go against you know this is an assumption that isn't right. You just have to see that they weren't able to tell you the truth,
3: right,
2: because of their belief system, and you do not need to judge them.
3: Hmm.
2: They did everything they could. They weren't able to do more, but you needed more, mm. right? So you need to accept that there is a lack. Mm. and And uh, this doesn't mean you have to judge them. Mm. Um, maybe you could judge them that they didn't something in personal development. yeah but uh, you need to uh, get clarity
1: about responsibilities mm and um and the stories that we were told about how life is yeah and i guess we find that when we start to explore our patterns we can chase them back to who told us this is this true so to your example mum said that men are violent and you find yourself in, in violent positions and if you take the time and you have the awareness to trace it back it's not that you need to um uh uh, condemn your mother, but just understand where it came from, and that was her experience, not your experience. And we do we do not need their confirmation.
2: Mm-hmm. This is another thing we do not need to change our parents. This is what a lot of people think when they find out that the parents weren't right. They go home and they want their parents. Please confirm you were lying to me. You know. Yeah, yeah. Own up. So and this doesn't work. You have to to take responsibility for your own life Mm. and without getting the attention from your parents Mm. or the the allowance, permission, whatever. You can live your own life and they will maybe feel that you change but this will change your relationship to your parents too. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, uh, it's uh I think the, the the biggest trap is to judge your parents for mm-hmm. uh, this um memory, and we do not need to do this, yeah, and we do not need to go back and tell them what your truth is
3: mm-hmm.
2: because mm-hmm. this is their life, and they are we are not on earth to protect our parents mm. or to to uh, love them. The right order is parents have to love their kids, mm. but kids have no uh, duty to love their parents back. Mm. This is also a wrong assumption from our parents. I spend you the most time of my life, and where is your uh, great <laughs> great? You have to be grateful. For yeah, I feel that. I guess a lot of people but you do. We don't yeah. have to. They decided to get me. I I couldn't say anything to this when they decided to have a baby. You mm. know, they didn't ask me. Yeah. <laughs> so when when and this is why they are giving conditional love and not unconditional love because they expect that you love them back because of all it's, that they've done for you. The order is turn around. Mm. You know. Mm. I do not have the duty and uh, to love my parents no mm. I um, I have the duty to love my kids mm. but not my parents back mm. and this is a hard thing for our society oh mm, yeah. yeah yeah and uh you can feel responsible for their uh circumstances if you want to Mm. it's your decision it's a free decision
1: yeah so it's a choice that you can have uh, adoration and love your parents it, I guess it's the the teaching that's where the uncon- if we have this knowledge the teaching of the unconditional love so the parent um, has brought the child into the world and it's their job to love the child to bring them love to show them love so that they can continue their life and feel whole and uh the child has a choice whether if, if they have responded well to the love that they've shown them, then they will automatically have a love for them. But it shouldn't be that we are kind of forced to love, forced to be grateful for all that they've done, which yeah. to, because I've given you clothes, I've got you a, got a house and I've bought all your school trips and we've been on holiday together. So why don't, why do you not love me or why do you treat me in this way? But that, would you say, comes from uh, the, the level of the performance from the parents, the level of love because, that has developed from the parents? Because a lot of parents
2: are becoming parents because they want to feel whole. They mm. need their kids to uh, increase their worthiness. And therefore, the kids have to be in a special way, mm. the way they want them to. And this, I can say, this is abusive. This mm-hmm. is not loving. This is I need you to feel whole.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, uh, I think a lot of parents are doing this, maybe only in hearts, but i don't I don't know any parent who isn't thinking in this way. Mm-hmm. and they think they do this for the kids, but it's it's their problem mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a big field. it's a, it's a, a lot of uh, things are connected to this but uh i i can tell you it's worth it to get more and more clarity about how it works and um to it's it's just a thinking in another way but this way makes you um feel a lot it's it's easier it's more funny it's more you can laugh about ah i did it again you know yeah it's 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 not so so hard so heavy um thinking free yeah Yeah. thinking in this way doesn't mean now i'm unconditional loved and i love myself it just means i'm on a journey and i get clarity and the more clarity i get about how things are connected uh the freer i am Mm -hmm. but but not uh uh this um I don't know how
1: to how to tell this feeling, this this uh
2: Yeah, you know what I mean, I
1: think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, I know what you mean. This uh forced forced feeling like you should you what you need to be doing, you should love me. You need to love it's a desperate kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. No, and, and
2: this self-love movement, you know, you feel you can feel that uh, the people are not feeling it; they are mm-hmm. talking about it. I love mm-hmm. myself because I do yoga, yeah,
1: yeah, and
2: I go for a walk, and I do this to love myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And but they still have this this inner critic or this voice inside themselves. Even Bob Proctor was telling about after fifty years of self development and paradigm shift, he has still his monkey in his head yeah. that is telling him, "Who do you think you are?" Mm-hmm. And this is suppressing this. And when you think in the way I was explaining, then you can start and this voice will stop talking to you. And you do not have to suppress it because, you know, it's like the hero's journey. I have to go to the past, fight the dragon from the past to get to a better future. Mm -hmm. And without fighting the dragons, I'm just closing the door and hope that the dragon will not come out. But yeah. I'm always afraid that the yeah. dog is maybe too weak.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, and then I cannot feel free because the dragon is uh, behind the door.
1: Yeah, it's in the back of your mind all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and
2: this doesn't make you free. But when you see the dragon or when you go in the dark room and put light in it, then uh, you are no longer afraid about those mm-hmm. uh, thinkings. Kind
1: of thoughts. I love this. I think you're amazing, Maria. honestly I really do. I really enjoyed to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time, Maria. It a you pleasure. Too. and I look forward to speak to you on the next the next episode
0: hi i hope that you really enjoyed the episode um apologize for the ending Um, we kind of run out of time and yeah the ending is a little bit jumpy but um maria has actually agreed to do a part two episode with myself talking about the same subject of childhood behavior patterns but i we just had a good vibe and i have so many questions more to ask her more in depth so um yeah it was really kind of her to offer to do that but that explains why it kind of like just ended <laughs> um what did you think I had such a good time I learned so much I really it has made me think even more deeply about my childhood and about my parents and the way that I show up in the world to myself and with my partner and my own limited beliefs and so on so I would definitely be going home and Um, reflecting and um, finding solutions for things that don't serve me and also taking the time to appreciate um, the amazing things that um, I display and that my parents have have shared with me the great knowledge that have been shared the good the beliefs that do serve me as a human being. Um, I hope that you got a lot of value from this episode and please comment and share with me what you thought. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Did you learn anything new? Did it solidify anything that you already kind of knew? I would love to hear from you. Um, Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast channels the spotify apple Podcasts, wherever that you're listening from and also subscribe to my youtube channel it's sacred creators and hit the notification bell so that you know when new episodes are coming out and new videos that i make come out I love you I wish you a lot of healing and please 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 feel free to re-listen to this episode so that you can get all of the nuggets from it anything that you may have missed any aha moments that you wish to listen to again I know sometimes sentences are like I need to hear that again do it go ahead and do it and prepare yourself for the part two which will be coming soon I love you so much have an amazing day and see you on the next one bye